We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Deus. At Nick Deus 10, as you can find me. Veteransminimum.com, as you can find everything for the show. We are out the Win studio, Blue Wire studio, at the Win in Las Vegas. And I'm hyped. I got a guest on that I've been looking forward to talking to for a long time. Well, ever since we connected about a month ago. Shout out to Chris Morhan. That's my guy. He always told me, I'm going to be your biggest plug out here and networking with everybody. My guy, John Orlando, the host of the Action Junkies podcast. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. This I, is fun. I love the invite. I don't know. You might be the first one to ever say you were excited to talk to me. I mean, this is incredible. <laughs> the first one ever. I feel honored that that's the case, <laughs> man. But yeah, yeah from, we hit it off when we, we met a couple of weeks ago. We were at that minor league baseball game and we just had a lot in common, a lot of a similar interests. Yeah. And uh, when you were like, dude, look, we, should, we should do a pod together. I know you do your podcast. We'll get to that in a little bit. And uh, it was funny because uh, Chris was like, yo, you guys have a lot of shit in common, man. It's like, it's wild. And then and then uh, Vanessa, your lady, was saying the same thing. She's like, I feel like I'm talking to him. Yeah. It's the same thing. So when I when I told you, I was trying to figure out how I could work you in. Yeah. And uh, you have a very similar style to me where you like talking about a lot of different things. Yep. But we do have a passion for MMA and UFC we do. in particular. So I was like, you know what? I got to get John on for when UFC, this banger of a card. Oh, man. So I appreciate you pulling up. Yeah, thank you, man. Yeah, yeah. UFC is definitely uh, our go-to uh, form of entertainment. As I, I always say, like, I don't know what I used to do when there was, before I was a fan. Like, what was I doing? Like, now every Saturday, I'm locked in. Like, it's what I do. It's no dude, matter what. Dude, you know? yes. And and the weeks that there isn't a card, I'm like, what's going yeah. on? What's last, was it last week? Or, no, the week before the that. The week before, yeah. No card, yeah. And like Tuesday nights are ruined for me now because there's no contender series going on. It's like, I don't know what to do during the week. Well, you're also a lucky SOB because you're going to all these events Man, too. <laughs> we got to go. We'll go. I promise. We'll go. Yeah. Listen, I, I don't say no to things that are offered yeah. for free. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to take you up on that offer 100%. Yeah, we will go. We got to go to the Apex because it's just so different. You know, it's it's more intimate over there. Um, obviously, the fights at Timo were insane, you know, right. and the, there's some, you can't replace that crowd energy and Bruce Buffer and all that, you know, but at the Apex, sometimes you get Bruce Buffer at the Apex, depends on the, on the card, once in a while you get him, but, um, you know, it's invite only. Uh, you know, I think now they just, maybe halfway through this year, started selling tickets to it, but I think they're like three grand or something crazy, they, right? They do you are, even know? Yeah, I do because my buddy shouts to Jared Gordon, Jared Flash Gordon. He fights in the UFC. Sure. He's a 155er. He fought here in March and we were looking at the tickets because I had came, I've been to two T-Mobile cards. I went to 248 out of Sanya and Romero, which was, you know, it was a weird fight, but it was a woman's fight that like stole the show. And then I also came for Covington Masvidal. Oh, and it was around that time, like a week or four before that, they had announced that Jared was going to fight at the Apex. My, uh, my friend Nick, we call him Boss, because in my friend group, there's four Nick D's. Oh, wow. So everyone has like a different nickname. So everyone calls me Lamb because I'm Greek. 
So, and we call him boss. And he was like, dude, let's, let's try to go to the apex. We're looking at the tickets. It was like, it's, I think it's $1,800. Yeah. And we're like, man, this is a, you know, Steve. and it's going to be, he ended up losing the fight anyway. And I was like, oh, dude, we go to that. We spend all this money. We're going to be hyped. If he loses, it's like, right. You're going to be miserable, man. Yeah. I know that feeling. Yeah. There's nothing worse than watching your friends lose. People don't realize, uh, like a lot of those trolls, you know, it's like, they don't realize what goes into doing what these guys do and the dedication and the hours and hours and fighting through injuries and being tired and then still being a family guy or a boyfriend or a husband or a dad or whatever, you know, it's like, and when they, when they lose these fights, man, it's, it's, it's rough. It's tough. It's hard to, to watch. sometimes I think it's harder for us as the friends and family than it is for the fighters. Dude, absolutely. When he lost his last fight, it was the first time that he got uh, submitted in his professional career and he was fighting, um, his name Dawson Grant Dawson yeah. he was fighting Ooh, tough and fight. very <laughs> tough fight yeah and on the feet he was piecing him up and then when Grant would take him to the ground he ended up taking his back and he submitted him with like two minutes left in the third I remember and, that fight and my friends and I were watching it and it's like fuck man this just ruined the whole day you yeah know, you're like devastated the rest of the car I'm like ah whatever you know yeah. and uh I never text them after I don't even, none of that. Win or lose, I'm like, let him have his time. Yeah. He hits me up on like Tuesday. He goes, dude, I'm such a bitch. I got submitted. I was like, oh man, at least you're in like good spirits, you know, trying to cheer him up and whatnot. Yeah. And he always, and, and a lot of fighters that I met, they always say the same thing. It's like, dude, it's a fight game. Yeah. You're going to get caught at some point. Yeah. I'm real good friends with Jake Ellenberger and uh, known him a long time. And, uh, you know, I've been there to some incredible fights of his where he knocked, you know, Jake Shields out or, uh, you know, knocked out Matt Brown round one with a liver kick. You know, Matt Brown had never been submit, uh, never been finished. Right. And uh, one time, uh, I flew to Nashville. Jake was fighting Mike Perry, and uh, round one went really well. I think Jake busted up his nose, or whatever. And round two, uh, they got real close to each other, and, and Perry landed a, a vicious elbow, knocked Jake out cold. It's part one. of the. Yeah. Sadly enough, uh, I need to talk to Dana about this because it's, it's in the <laughs> opening sequence. You know, Wonder Boy uh, knocked out Jake by the by the spinning back kick, the head kick. And, uh, and then Mike Perry got him with the elbow. And both of those highlights, I mean, obviously, they're great highlights for both of those fighters. But, I mean, Mike Perry's out of the UFC. Let's pull that. I'm going to lobby. I want, that, I want that out. I don't want that in there anymore. Let's get that out, you know? But, uh, anyway, I know what you're saying. You know, I took my dad to the fight. We flew to Nashville. You know, I took a couple other friends. And uh, I was like, man, what do I say? You know, Jake was out for a while, you know? And then I was like, what do we, what do we say? You know, fights are ending. Like, are we going to meet up? Or do, do we leave him alone? Whatever. And as I'm debating what to, whether or not to text him, I get a text and it says, yeah, sometimes you get elbowed. Yeah. That's <laughs> from Jake. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because my buddy Jared actually fought Charles Oliveira in Brazil on like 14 days, two weeks notice. Wow. So he's on the highlight of anytime the UFC posts yeah. a Charles Oliveira, yeah. most prolific finisher, it's like you always see Jared just getting yeah. flatlined and you're like, Damn it. It's brutal. But, you know, props to them for stepping in there, man. Like, you know, even having that, it might be a shitty highlight to them. But like, hey, you, you were there. You were, in the, you were in the fight, man. I mean, it's more than I do. <laughs> I, got, I got a chance to, to grapple with Jared one time because I got into jujitsu through his, uh, his best friend, Sergio. Yeah. And uh, we were training back in Queens and he came and did like a little seminar and whatnot. And he didn't know any of the other students there. So he's like, dude, I'm going to work with you. So we're working and whatnot and like, you know, he's showing instructions and he's like, yeah, you know, he has me like in an arm bar and he's teaching everyone. He's like, yeah. So if you have this person in an arm bar and they start telling you on their podcast that you got finished by Charles Oliveira, you could just snap it. And I was like, <laughs> damn, I feel like such a bitch right now. And I'm so de like defenseless. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they, they show him in the package and whatnot. So we're, yeah, you're going to need to talk to some people to get those removed yeah. for your boy and for my boy. Yeah. Let me how, see what I could do. How long have you been a UFC fan? Man, uh, I was a, I'll call it, you know, I, we, with, on the internet, we always hear this word casual, right? Yeah. I was casual uh, starting in maybe 01, like Tito versus uh, Chuck. Mm. I think that was September, right after September 11th. I think they fought each other. Uh, and so I got into it then, but I wasn't like, wouldn't call myself a diehard. And it was different then. Like, you know, they only did maybe six or eight fights a year. Right. It so, was only so pay-per-views. It was only pay-per-views and, uh, you know, there was no, at the time, there was no Instagram yet. There was a lot, you know, so, so it was different. The, the access you had to it. Um, you kind of were looked at different too if you were a UFC fan. I right? agree. Like from, from like your buddies or 
People would be like, oh, you, you were like, like a meathead. Like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. What was it? Affliction and tap yeah, out. Affliction gear? and tap out. And <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't until um, I used to own a PR firm when I lived in LA. I owned a PR firm for 10 years. And I worked with a lot of athletes, uh, a lot of football players, some baseball players, but I worked with Frank Trigg. Um, okay. So he was in Pride at the time. So he kind of reintroduced me or really got me, you know, into following it because I kind of had to for work. And, uh, and then he took me to a fight here in Vegas. Um, a card that he was on. I forgot who he fought. He, whoever he fought, he, he beat. And then he went right from there into the broadcast booth for the rest of the fights, for the rest of the cards. It's kind of cool. No uh, but Nick Diaz was on that card. Uh, and so was Dan Henderson. And uh, that really got me back into it. So I would say like hardcore since like maybe 07. Yeah. Wow. For me, it was, I've told this story before, but I'll tell you. I always knew about UFC because I'm a big like WWE fan growing yep. up. So I knew about Ken Shamrock. Yep. Like when he made the crossover and whatnot, it was like the world's most dangerous man. And you would see some of the UFC fights. And then I went to, when I was in college, I went to spring break in Cancun. And one of my buddies, George, was like a massive UFC fan. Mm. And at the time, I just knew UFC as like a bypassing thing. You sure. know, it's like I knew what it was, but I never really watched it. And it was Saturday night, and it was GSP and mm. Dan Hardy. Oh, I remember right? that fight. So my buddy's telling everyone, like, yo, fellas, we got to go to a bar to go watch this. And we're all 18, 19 years old. My friends are like, fuck that, man. We're trying to go get girls. We're not right. going to go watch these dudes mangle each other right. and wrestle and whatnot. Like, we didn't—they weren't fans. I wasn't a fan. This is the fifth day that we're there. We've done all these benders and drinking and all that. I was like, dude, you know, my stomach's a little off. I'll come with you. I'll keep you company. We go to this bar. And it is packed with everyone, tap out, affliction <laughs> yep. and whatnot. You see the ears. And I was like, man, we can't start. No issues with yeah. anyone in here. Please and thank you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, GSP comes out with the gi. Yeah. He's wearing the Asian letters on the yeah. headband. And I was just like hooked in from there from yep. day one. And then we're watching the fight. And I was like, yo, this shit is amazing. Yeah. From there, I start watching every pay-per-view. And then it wasn't until my buddy Jared, we got really close with him through a mutual friend. Like they grew up together. And I was like really close with his friend and he was fighting in Atlantic City at CFFC. It's like a smaller promotion out there. Yep. And uh, they've had a lot of guys going to the UFC and we started going to his, his events. And then from there, I'm like watching regional fights. I'm watching Bellator. And now it's, I say this all the time, man. I feel like it's the best event to go in person. 100%. It's so good. Nothing, nothing compares to it. And I no. love football. I love basketball. But going to an MMA card, in particular, like a UFC pay-per-view, you're there for five, six hours. Because I like going from the first fight. Yep. I also like, you know, spending a little money in, as a degenerate, making yep. some bets. Yep. And I'm there from fight one to the end. The spacing of it is amazing. You could go to the bathroom. It's like, if us two go to a car, it's like, yo, John, you got to go get the beers. You're not going to be like, damn, I'm going to miss something. Yep. It's like right after the fight, you could go get your food, use the bathroom, whatever you need to do. Yep. And come back. And it's just ever since then, man, now I don't miss a, just like you. I didn't watch Contender Series, I'll be honest with you, until I got here and I was able to bet on it. Oh. Because back in New York, you weren't able to, you could bet right. on the UFC cards here. It was like, you could bet on, on right. these guys too. Yeah. I was like, you know what, why not? It's a Tuesday night. Yeah. Oh, Star it's Star time is amazing. Next, next summer, we'll go to Contender. You'll be hooked. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's dope, man. Yeah. We could those... You could literally come with me every single week next year. Listen, this I, is being recorded. That's all good. That's all verbally right. binding. Right. I get I get a lot of tickets for Contender Series. Somehow they are really, really good to me over there. So, Damn, uh, that's, that's yeah, awesome, it's man. a good time. For sure. Yeah. Tell, the, tell the people before we get into this car a little bit about uh, Action Junkies. Because it's been, it's kind of blowing up, man. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, five years into it, uh, you know, I started it with Jake Ellenberger, actually. Uh, he was my original co-host. Uh, I was living in LA at the time. And, uh, you know, I was watching a lot of Joe Rogan, a lot of podcasts. I mean, still do, you know, Joe's the goat. Yeah. And uh, between Joe and watching, you know, I was, I was like, ODing on Gary Vaynerchuk, on Gary V content back five years ago, right? Yeah. Almost six years ago. And, uh, you know, Gary kept saying like, you know, I was kind of in a, in transition. I've always kind of worked for myself. You know, I've been like an entrepreneur. I did stand up comedy for 10 years, realized it wasn't very funny. So I had to get out of that. And then uh, uh, I, uh, I owned a PR firm for 10 years. Then I was in the mobile space, you know, tech space for maybe five years. So after that, I was kind of like, what am I going to do? You know, and, uh, you know, working for someone wasn't an option. I kind of missed stand-up, but I didn't necessarily want to go do stand-up, but something back on the mic, maybe, 
podcasting made sense. You know, Gary Vee was always saying like, you know, triple down on what you're good at. And I was like, I'm pretty good at talking. It's like, that's what I'm going to do. So, uh, and Rogan was encouraging Brendan Schaub at the time. Right. Uh, right you know, right. you still do a podcast. All, all of his good friends, he was saying, do a podcast, do a podcast. So I was like, screw it. Why not? Just try it. So I called Jake up and I was like, hey, I was thinking about starting a podcast. You know, Jake and I, you'll love Jake. He's like one of us. He's, uh, he likes to, you know, to gen out here and there, you know, play a little blackjack, play, bet on some sports. And uh, I was like, hey, I was thinking like, we're both action junkies. Let's, uh, let's do a podcast. So that's how it started. Like, it'll be six years in January, this coming January. And I we- love hearing that, man, because I've talked about this so many times. I've been, I've been creating Veterans Minimum for seven years now. Yeah. And it's like, there's a, I have a newfound respect for people that when I ask them about them doing a podcast, if they tell me like over five years, I'm like, all right, you know, the ebbs and flows, you know, we were talking before you started recording how you've had big name guests on your show. Yeah. And then I thought this is the guest. This is the guest that puts me over the, I had Bob Saget on, you know, I was like, this is going to be the one, you know, I had Randall Emmett, you know, big movie producer. I was like, this will be the one I had Lacey K Summers, even like 12 million followers on Instagram. I've had Kendra Lust, 12 million or 10 million followers. Sophie D a lot of the porn stars, whatever, only fans, girls, you know, big followings. I'm like, they're all guys. I talk about guy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, doesn't, it doesn't, it's weird. Russell Peters, but I had some good people. You know, yeah. I had Michael Bisbing before he fought GSP. Uh, we had him on. I've had Bruce Buffer. I've had some great people and like, you know, the, some of them spike a little better than others, but nothing like this, like having Dana White on a month ago now or whatever it is, uh, I mean, literally changed it overnight. I mean, we had a couple, couple videos on TikTok, did 7 million views, or yeah. 6 million views on Instagram reels, whatever. And people start calling me, uh, pitching me guests, you know, sponsors calling. Like normally you probably know that, you know, you're reaching out, you oh. know, hey, <laughs> you know, but it's like, Joe Rogan just signed that, what's been now, what, two years for Spotify? I think so, yeah. Was it 100 million or 200 million? This is I think it's 100, it's 100 but, million. but people okay. are- all, I think when, five years, 100 million, yeah. right? When I start, when I moved here four years ago, or five years ago, I moved here, um, Joe Rogan's title sponsor was the Fleshlight. Really think, get your head wrapped around that. Yeah. Do you know what the Fleshlight is? It's yeah, like a yeah, porn yeah. product, you know? For, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, think about that. Five years ago, that's not that long ago, for right. Joe Rogan, the king. His Oops. title sponsor was, today, today's episode is brought to you by the Fleshlight, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right? And then, and then maybe the second was like stamps.com right. or something yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. right? That's five fucking years ago. So we're still in the game, man. It's, it's you know, obviously, you don't want to compare it to Joe Rogan. He's an anomaly, but- there's plenty of money for both of us to make. Yeah. Uh, you know, just got to stick with it. Yeah, for sure, man. And that's why, to me, when I hear people that have been doing it for so long, it's always like I respect it more than if if I meet someone else and they tell me, oh, I just started podcasting like six months ago. It's like, all right, talk to me six <laughs> months from now. Right. And then I'll Let's take see if you you'll serious. still do it. Because yeah. I, was, I was literally having this conversation with Ross in there in the control room. And we were just saying like, you know, people people will come up to me, like even my friends back home, now that I made this move, they're like, dude, I could do what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, I don't do anything difficult. I was right. like, this is, you know how they say like, this is a hard living, like, you know, doing like, not this, but in general, they'll be like, you sure. know, it's a hard way to make money. It's like, no, nah, there's an easy way to make money, man. But it's weathering the storm. Right. Like you said, I, I've had a big guest on, and I was telling you this before we started recording. I've had a big guest on, a UFC, I had a UFC ring girl on, and I'm like, you know, it was Ariani. Yeah. She was promoting one of her things and through a mutual friend, we connected and we had an awesome conversation. I had a video go viral because I asked her, I was like, yo, what are your DMs like? I'm yeah. sure you get some wild shit. And she's yeah. like, oh my God, you have no idea. The very next episode, I have my buddy Dylan on. We're talking about Stone Cold and The Rock in the 90s. We're talking about red flags with girls and guys. Yeah. We're talking about Zodiac signs. We're like, dude, if a girl is into astrology, like run away. Run. Right? And then we start talking about like, why isn't the NHL bigger? Because he's a massive NHL fan. And then that that pod did way better than the other one. I'm like, yeah. man, like you said, Doesn't what make do you any guys, sense. yeah, what do you guys want? Yeah. It's like, what do you guys want? I don't get it. You yeah. know, I don't get it. You'll DM me when you're mad, but why don't you tell me what you want? <laughs> like, you know, like, to make it easier yeah, for me you'll to DM get me when you. I get the parlay wrong, you know, then the DMS are, are lighting up, but, uh, yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's, it's fun though. It's, uh, it beats working, Yo. you know, I mean, obviously it's, it's work, but it's not like labor work though. Right. Like you're enjoying it. And that's yeah. what I mean. Like when I tell people what I do isn't hard, like it's not physically taxing. I used to wake up at two forty-five in the morning 
to go into Manhattan with my pops at the coffee truck that we used to have. Yeah. End work at 11, go back home to Long Island, like an hour commute, shower, take a nap, then go back into Queens. I was doing that four days a week to record content with the other guys that I was doing content with. And where did you do your show in New York? At your at home? Yeah, I would do it so, at home. I mean, think about that. And look, look at you now. Yeah. I mean, look at this. this yeah. Is, this is crazy. I know. I, I always like, you that's know? why the guys in there are always trying to like line up cameras perfectly. And I'm always like, Bro, you guys good. are like pampering me way yeah. too much. Like this is, I used to literally, I would have my, I would have, I was having another conversation I was having. One of my friends called me from back home. He goes, dude, you're like production quality is through the roof. I'm like, yeah, it's, look where I'm at now. Yeah. He's like, why couldn't you do this back home? I was like, cause I was using my iPhone right. 8S to record yeah, video. I was on Zoom. And I have to, I'd have to do this to get the audio <laughs> spikes from the Zoom recorder to line up with the camera. I'm like, yeah, these are. And uh, it, it, Brian in there was like, nah, these are like, you know, very expensive cameras. And I, 10, 10K. He's like, these are 10,000. Yeah. Wow. I was like, yeah, I'm using a $400 seven For 10 grand, old. you don't even get the lens. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. The quality yeah. is way better now. Yeah. And he's like, why couldn't you do it back home? I was like, because I didn't have $12,000 right. for equipment. That's why. Yeah. But man, it's it's been fun. And I appreciate you saying that. I do want to talk a little bit about this card. Yeah. Uh, it's a sick card. I mean, banger after banger. Man. Yeah. Are you upset that you got to be up at 7 in the morning? Is that what it is? Wait, main card starts at… 11. Oh, 11. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, that's early, huh? So like the first fights… Yeah. It's Abu Dhabi. That's early. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's different. You know, it's it's more fun at night. Obviously, it's like Saturday night ritual, whatever, but I'll take it. You know, I'll take it. I'm, I, I had a weird introduction to watching UFC out here the first time I came. Oh, just sports in general for you out here, right? West Coast time, right? It's, all it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Sunday night football ends at 8 o'clock. Monday night football, the same thing. Games start at 10 in the morning. And I used to talk about this shit before I came out here. I was like, dude, having never lived in the West Coast outside of, you know, coming to Vegas with yeah. the guys and whatnot. It got to be number one place to be as a sports fan. Like yeah. as a diehard sports junkie, yeah. if you're into that shit, being on the West Coast, like nothing's better than that. Yeah, it's so good, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, I mean, extra inning baseball games, if you're on the East Coast, it's 1 a.m., right? 2 a.m.? Dude, the worst. <laughs> when the Dodgers, the Dodgers played the Mets in the playoffs a couple of years ago, in yeah. like 2015, when the Mets went to the World Series, there was a Tuesday night game. First pitch was 10.53 Eastern time. It's like, dude, I wake First up First pitch. Yeah. I wake up at 2.30 in the morning. How can I watch this? Yeah. What about the the Astros and Dodgers play like 17 innings, right? In World yeah. Series, like 3 a.m., 4 a.m.? Those, those like early Yankee Red Sox in like the early 2000s when they go into the next day, it's like midnight, 1 a.m. You're like, yo, how yeah. can you possibly stay up to watch these? Yeah, that's crazy. It's wild. UFC uh, Usman Covington 2 at MSG yeah. this past November. Yeah. My friends and I get in the Uber. It's 1.45 in the morning. We're like, dude, you can't do nothing after. Right. You can't, can't even go, eat. Yeah, you can't, you can't eat. You can't go out with your lady after if you want to. Yeah. It's like, I'm going straight to sleep. Yeah. We're over here. It's way. It's way yeah, better. it's great here, right? It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. How excited are you for this card? Oh, man. I'm fired up. I, uh, I, I, you know, this is one of those cards I'm either going to nail it or I, I got everything wrong. Uh, I don't know which it is. You're really good at picking. I've been following you. You, you're really good. You, you pick them right. Yeah, I do. I'm you, curious who you've got. You want to start with the main event? Sure. All right. So we got Oliveira and Islam Makachev. Yep. Uh, it's the first time, John, I don't know if you, you saw this, but it stood out to me. It's the first time in UFC history that two fighters are meeting in the octagon for a title on 10 or more consecutive wins. Like they're on a win streak. Of oh, 10 wow. So this is the first of its kind. Yeah. Charles hasn't lost in like three or four years. Yeah. Right? And he's on a nine fight finish streak. And so is finish. Islam. Finish. Yeah. Like he's. Yeah. And, you're, and you look at the big talking point right now. And I would love to hear your and thoughts And he's an underdog. This. Yeah. He's the <laughs> underdog. Right? But the big talking point on this one is Charles's body of work and the resume is so much stronger than I what agree. Islam has. I agree, especially the last four or five. I mean, right? Charles went through Gaethje, Poirier. Uh, uh, Chandler. Chandler. Yeah. Tony Chandler also. After, after almost getting put out round one with Chandler. So that's the- And came back. That's the thing that I feel as if people still, there's a 
huge part of people's psyche that hold that against Oliveira. Because in all of those fights, he's either been dropped or he's had his back up against the cage in a, in a sense of like, you know, oh, shit, it might get stopped, right? Right. Even Gaethje dropped him twice. Yep. Uh, Poirier stung him. And then there's something where it's like, you really got to put this guy's lights out to take him out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, back in the day when DC used to fight, I learned my lesson picking against DC. It took me a long, many fights to realize if DC is only losing to a guy named John Jones. Yep. Um, that's, how I've, that's how I've been burned with Charles. I keep betting against him and he keeps showing me wrong, proving me wrong. I'm not going to do it this time. I, mm. I, I feel like, uh, you know, and I, I get it. Makachev's a beast, but I, I think Charles has been there with tougher guys. And, you know, I always tell this to people. And even when I give out picks like on action junkies and stuff and I get hate in the DMs, I'm like, listen, there's two ways to look at this from my point of view. There's who you should bet on and who you think is going to win. And those are not always the same thing. Yes, yes, a right? thousand times yes. So value-wise, how are you not going to bet on Charles? I get it. it. It could go either way. But to me, it's a coin flip, this fight. Mm. So take the money. Right. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Dude, I have said this verbatim <laughs> thousands of times. Right. Because there's been situations in the past where I'll say on the pod, oh, I think so-and-so is going to win, but I'm going to bet the other person. And then I'll either get my friends that text me like, yo, what are your picks this week? What are you betting on? And then I'll have people say like, you're contradicting yourself. Why would you bet on Talia Santos against Valentina Shevchenko? We're like, dude, this is the biggest test for Valentina. Yeah, I think Valentina wins, but also she shouldn't be a five to one underdog. Right. And then what happens? It's a split decision. So one judge was on my side, right? right? And I'm holding a five to one ticket. It's like, dude, I make that yeah. bet every single time. And if you throw that in a parlay, like a lot of times, and I know a lot of times you don't have the budget to do both, right? Mm. But like, I usually do a parlay, one with and one without, you yeah. know, because it's like, if you do get lucky and you hit that, you know, if you're four for four or five for five, and then your main event, you've got a plus 500 or plus 600 and that hits, mm -hmm. lights out. Yeah. It's the ticket you dream of. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, it's, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and uh, I wanted to comment on DC. There's not a fighter who's aged the best after fighting for me than him. I, didn't, I wasn't a DC guy. Me neither. And then after, it's like, dude, I love him when he's love, on commentary. I love him. Because yeah. he's a personality, yeah. right? Like people get at him and Rogan and Anik. Well, not so much Anik, but when it's like them three, it's like, dude, those moments… The reason why it resonates with me so much is because if we're watching fights together and someone throws a head kick knockout, what are we yeah. doing? Right. Oh, yeah. shit, we're grabbing Thug each Rose. other. Yeah. Thug Rose. Yeah, it's yeah. so, so good. It's, it's so authentic. That's yeah. how everyone is when they're watching these fights. Yeah. And Islam is a part of AKA with, with DC and Rockhold and those guys. Do you think, like, Islam would be getting the same hype if he wasn't a Khabib protege? No. No, right? No. Nope. I, I feel the same way. Man. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, and that's not a knock on him. It's just, you know, and, and that's okay too, you know, but I, but I, I think, think both could be true. Like yeah. both, both yeah. statements could be true. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting fight. If Charles wins this fight, he, he's the goat at that division. Right. I mean, he's, he's already really. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's a beast division. But, but it, yeah, I still think he didn't. I mean, I used to say about him, who has he fought? Right. Until his last, you know, Connor Poirier Gage. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Respect. Yeah. For sure. You know. And he finished all of them. And he finished all because of them. Because the knock yeah. on him early on was, yeah. ah, you know, lay and pray, the ground yeah. and pound. It could be a little annoying and for some people. every fight looked easy for him. Exactly. Right. But when he's putting away those guys, yeah, that's when you're like, you know what? Yeah. I'm still completely OD'd on the Connor. McGregor Kool-Aid and still believe if they fought again and ran it back, Connor wins. But <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> hey, man, I wish, I wish. The, the lead up to that, it was uh, something. I, I saw this video where everyone's praising Khabib and they're like, oh, man. And the Poirier is like, oh, man, he's so good. He's so good. And then Gaethje was like, you know, I've never felt like I got ragdolled more in my And career. he's a guy I can wrestle. Right, right. And then, and then it cuts to Connor and he's like, fuck him. <laughs> What's he done? He got up and ran away. That rat, yeah. like how you know how Connor talks yeah. or not. Well, the other thing I do want to say about this fight with the main event, to me, there's a huge trend of uh, champion underdogs. Yeah. Right? 
And I know he's not technically the champion. But he is. He's a champion. Yeah. Right? Missing, he missed weight by half a pound. Yeah. There's been dudes and girls that have missed weight by six, seven pounds. Right. And, you know, even Chamay of the last pay-per-view, he yeah. missed weight and was like celebrating and whatnot. So to me, he's still the champion. Yeah. And in the last 29 times that we've had a situation where the champion going into the title fight is the underdog, 23 wins. 23 out of 29 title fights where the champ was the underdog. And he cashed. I mean, that's good enough And then for me. Five, yeah. five losses, and one was a no contest with John Jones and, oh. and DC. So they ruled that a no contest because oh, right. it was like the PED right. suspensions later on. Later on. Pic picograms, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's a huge trend. And, and the thing about Charles is that sometimes I get too cute with betting. Like, I'll try to, I'll try to find value in second round by knockout. And then they'll win right. second round by submission. Right. Those days have stopped. Yeah. If I think someone's going to win in the first round, let me just take it. Charles to win in round one. Charles to win in round two, which is where I'm at with this fight. Yeah. I think. He predicted round one. Yeah. And he doesn't normally do that. Yeah, he doesn't. No. Right? I, wa I wonder if it's when like. When does he do that? Nah, he's always been very humble. Right. And, but I think he's being disrespected, man. Yeah. You know, he's going into hostile territory. They were booing him today at the opening ceremony, like, you know, the walkthroughs yeah. where they showcase everybody. And he's going into hostile territory. Yeah. You know, everyone there is for Islam. For sure. And it's the Habib stuff again. Habib yep. fought there. And, you know, they got Hasbullah over there yeah, inside yeah, yeah. and whatnot. But, man, I think Charles is… But think Charles is used to that, too. That's true. Right? Because who's really… You know, they wanted Connor. They wanted Dustin. Yeah. They wanted Gaethje. They wanted Chandler. Yeah. So, I feel like he's used to all this. He's, he's been there, done that the last four or five in a row. And Charles is so dangerous everywhere, man. Everywhere. Yeah, and that's the thing I didn't realize is that his hands, in my head, you know, three, four fights ago, he's, uh, if he gets on the ground, you're screwed. Right. You know, he's got hands. He's, he's sending them to the ground too, not by you, wrestling. Correct. He's dropping he's them. He's dropping them. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I think they have that line completely wrong, and uh, I'm going to be all over it. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. And I think the to to get even more greedy, and there's another thing that I get in trouble sometimes. It's like, you know, he's plus 150, but he's three to one to win inside the distance. And you're looking at nine straight fights. He's gotten a guy out early. Yeah. I think for Charles to win, it needs to be an early finish. I think the later the fight goes on, it might be a little bit of a worry if you're back in the Charles side. Yep. So maybe like Islam late, Charles early. Yep. But I think Oliveira stays the champ, man. Yeah. Me too. And then from there, it's going to be exciting to see. Does does Habib come back? You know, he just beat your boy. Right. Does Conor I, come back? I do believe he will come back. Because show me one athlete, especially a fighter, that's ever retired and stay reti stayed retired. I hear you. Early on. You know, I like when, you. when they're still, quote unquote, in their prime or, or close to it. GSP couldn't even stay away. Yeah. You know, the thing that's so different about Habib and and having friends that are super religious, the promise. And the promise, and he's you know like his background. I don't think those guys really need that. But what if mom says, "Ah, go ahead," <laughs> or if they throw him a hundred million? Right? Yeah. You know, yeah. everybody has a price. Yeah. All to, you need is for three family members to want uh, to upgrade the house. You know. All right, hold on. I got it. I got you. That's let me true, go, man. Let me go grab a check. That's true. To, to do something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be... I think the fallout from this... That's why not only is it a great fight and it's super compelling, but I think the fallout from that is going to be... Like, the matchmakers are going to have yeah. fantasy booking. Does Connor come back and get a title shot? You know, people are going to be pissed if that They would happens. be pissed. I, don't, I hope they don't do that. Uh, you know, I, I know Nick or Nate just left or whatever, but I feel like that's the next fight to make for Connors. It makes sense. Do the trilogy. Because it's a fight that's a winnable fight for him. Right. It's going to draw a lot because everyone wants to see the trilogy. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that would be, that would be best case scenario, I think, for both guys, for sure. Yeah. But we're both, we're both on Charles on yeah, this Yeah, we're right? on Charles. Okay. Co-main. Right. Co-main. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm having a little trouble with this one, man. Sterling and, and Dillashaw. Yeah. For the 135 strap. Yeah. I'm not a Dillashaw hater, by the way. I, I like both. I like both fighters. Um, yeah. It's a, this is a tough one. I, I have Aljamain, but I wouldn't be shocked if TJ won. So let me ask you a general question. Because yeah. I always struggle when guys are off a layoff or an injury. Yeah. And he fought in July last year. He, lo- he lost to Corey Sanhagen who I think he might have lost that fight also. I think Corey might have won that. But he comes back after the two-year suspension, and then he blows out his knee. So he's sidelined again. Right. How do you feel about guys yeah, and I girls in those? I don't like that. I, I, I like when guys are, have been active, and they're fighting, and they're in there. And, yeah, I'm, I don't like them walking into big spots like this um, when things haven't been right for the last couple of years or so, you know, I, I don't like that. I, I, I would stay, stay clear. And I love betting on a dog and I love finding a way to bet on the dog. But in this case, and I think on the ground, um, Aljamain, if he gets your back, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. Yep. And I feel like that's how this one's going to go. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat, man. And, and TJ's great. Great footwork. Great. I mean, TJ's great. He looks, I mean, looks like right. he's, I mean, I'm not calling him out, but I mean, he still looks incredible. Yeah. You know? Um, but also the history of you getting older in a, in a lower weight class. Yeah. It's not like DC won the belt at 38, defended it at 40. Like right. that's different. When you're a heavyweight, you could fight into your forties and still be right. technically like in your apex. He's 36, turning 37, you know, coming off, you fought once in three years. You got suspended for PEDs. How much of that played a role in it? Yeah. You know, that he lost, when he lost to Cejudo, he fought at 125 and that was in the Brooklyn card. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a pay-per-view. It was like a fight night. And I remember we went to the, the bar with my buddies and we're like, dude, he looks sucked out. Yeah. He looked bad and he got clipped one time and dropped. And again, it goes back to the thing with these fighters the older they get and the lesser they weigh yeah it's not a recipe for success i agree and aljo looks great yeah lives in vegas you don't see that guy out on the strip you don't see him at nightclubs you don't see him you don't see him you don't even see him really doing a lot of media and he does his own stuff like from his house on his like, couch on yeah, his yeah, couch yeah. i've tried to get him in my studio just do your show at my studio he doesn't even you know he is focused like so i, I just think that focus and He's, I think he still has in his brain something to prove. Um, I just I expect seeing the best version of him on Saturday. You think if he takes his back, it's it's over. He submits him. Yeah, five to one. Yeah, Aljamain by submission. I'm, so I'm a prop guy. Love props. I I don't like laying minus three hundred on a favorite because right. I've been burned many times. You'd rather times. try to pick how it ends. Absolutely agreed. Because I don't want it to go to the judges. Yeah, and then it's ah uh, split decision, yeah. and you're like, come on. Man. And sometimes you're getting such good odds, you can pick two different rounds or whatever, and still come out. Yeah, just fine. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. been times where like a fight, we'll get to a, a fight in just a second where I'm playing props on both sides, and as long as one of them hits. I don't care who wins. Right. I'll still be able to turn a profit because it's five to one, six to one. Yeah. As opposed to laying minus 300 and then, you know, maybe you blow out a knee or you get hurt. Like right. uh, in Bellator a couple of weeks ago, one of the worst bets I ever made. Oh, dude, this is horrible. I bet uh, Pico. Who I love. I, I do too. I think he's amazing. But it's the fight game. He blows out his shoulder. He can't continue. And the guy was... It, and he know, tried. He was like, trying to get his corner man. to he's put like, it back in. Like, the kid's a savage. Yeah. And it's like, dude, I just laid minus 700. And it's like, fuck. I know. Yeah. And if that doesn't happen, it's free money. I right. mean, he's So gonna, that's the thing where, where you get greedy sometimes. Yeah. You're like, oh, man, this is a lock. Yeah. Right? Once you throw that L word around. Yep. 
bad shit I throw it around. I know bad things happen. Yeah. But I'm with you, dude. I think I think Sterling inside the distance plus 300 uh submission if you really want to get cute. I think that's yeah. the way that he could take him out and that's kind of where I'm leaning. He's yeah. more active. I think now he gets the champion rub where it's, you know, you get like I know my coaches in jiu-jitsu when I got my blue belt that first like month after rolling confidence. I felt like I was like, yeah. dude, bring on black belts. I right. feel like the shit that like you get like that little confidence yeah, in for yourself. sure. And that counts, man. Yeah, so it goes now a long way. yeah, now with him being the champion and it's it's undisputed, right? Like he he clearly beat Jan in that second fight. 100%. So there's no debate about it. We're right. in that first one everyone was shitting on him and then it yeah. turns out he has a wild ass neck injury where it's yeah. like, "All right, man, that's why it played out the way it did." But I'm on I'm on Sterling as well. Okay. So we're two for two on I, the green. Yeah, I was nervous. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. How do you feel about Sugar Sean? I love him. So, you know, again, I think this is a, that's a crazy line. I, I don't think he's, what is he, plus 260 or something? Yeah. That's crazy to me. How is this guy plus 260? He's, yeah, he's a knockout. Yeah, I get it. Jan is very good, man. That's why. <laughs> and I know you can't always do MMA math, but Aljo beat Jan. Mm -hmm. O'Malley demolishes Jan. No? You think so? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think he demolishes him. I like it. I mean, you got to throw out his loss, right? I mean, it goes, it goes down as a, you know, uh, O'Malley's loss, right? It yeah, goes yeah. down as a TKO, elbows and punches. But bullshit, his foot, like, whatever. Yeah. I don't know what it was. It broke his foot or whatever it was. So it was like, that was an example when yeah. he fought Cheeto Vera, who I think he's my favorite 135. Love Cheeto. Cheeto is, he's, yeah. he's the best. That's a prime example of what you were talking about before about who you think is going to win and who you're going to bet. Cheeto was like a three to one dog. Right. And at the time, all my friends and I convinced them. They're like, yo, Sugar Sean. I'm like, listen, I think O'Malley wins. But this guy, Cheeto, it's three it's, to one. It's yeah. a massive step up for Sean O'Malley. Yeah. And this guy's tough, man. He's he tough. ain't doing these highlight reel knockouts on him. Right. And then, yeah, did he, his leg get compensated? Yeah. And then he ended up finishing him like that. For sure. But that's an example. I wanted to bring that back up. That's yeah. why I said there was a fight we'll yeah, get to in yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, gotcha. But O'Malley, yeah. look, do you buy into the these narratives that get painted by us as fans and people in media of is a win-win for him, O'Malley, in this fight? Meaning if he loses, it's okay? If he loses, aren't aren't casuals and people going to say like, yeah, he's not that good, dude. Of course he lost to Jan. But if he wins, it's like, oh shit. Dana White just said that the winner yeah. of this gets the title shot. I don't think people give him the respect that he deserves for some reason. I don't know if it's because of the look and the flash. Is he just too much? They think he's a gimmick or uh, the I guy think, moves well, man. I think a lot of it has to do with his extracurricular activities yeah. outside. Like he's a gamer. I he's get parties it. with the Nelk boys. He's yeah. all over social media. Like He comes in looking like a rock star with yeah. the long coats and the glasses and the crazy hair. I get it. I always, I love betting on guys that have a good jab and good footwork. And he's got both of those. Mm. So, uh, you know, that's, those are the first things I, I look at. I, I, you know, it's, it's amazing to me how many guys just don't have a good jab in the, in the UFC. It's shocking yeah. to me. Um, cause to me, it just sets everything up. I mean, it's just the cornerstone of, of combat. I mean, you know? dude, GSP won all, so many GSP, fights. GSP, perfect just, example yeah. with only a jab. Only a jab. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't think, uh, I think that should be a pick em before it's plus 260. No? You don't think? I don't think so, no. You think Jan's going to go through him? I already see Too in much my pressure. Head, the pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And one or two legs. You know he's going to chop at his legs. Yeah. Because he has to. He has a five-inch yeah. hided disadvantage. But he knows that. Yeah. But O'Malley, it's like. Even in fights that he wins and he dominates, he gets kicked. And then you could see a little, I wouldn't say hesitation, but you could see that the leg kind of gives out in some situations. Yeah. And he's very exotic. And like he throws these crazy kicks. Yeah. He did it against Pedro. He threw that kick and then, yeah. you know, he did like the flashy thing. So I think Jan is, Jan is a cardio <sighs> machine. Yep. He'll be able to keep the pressure on him. And I think he's going to chop out his legs. Like I, I think Jan could get him out. The way Martinez took out Cub over the weekend. 
which broke my heart because I was all in on Cub. I mean, who's not always all in on yeah, Cub? I Cub, mean, he's just Cubs one of those OG, guys. There's a yeah. handful of those guys, yeah. that, you know, like the Diego Sanchez. Right, like, right, right. You just want him to win, you know? But those leg kicks, man, I think they're going to catch up to O'Malley on this really? one. Really? All think, right, we're split on this. Yeah, I think okay. Jan, I think Jan wins this one. He should be the favorite. But again, I love the wrinkle, though, of O'Malley. He has no pressure on him in this fight. Right. I really think that. And I hate saying it because I've, I've said this to, to Jared in the past. I'm like, dude, do you take a little solace in the fact that you lost to the champion? Like, you lost to a champion now. Sure. And Oliveira, he's like, we don't think like that. Right. I he's get like, it. I hear what you're saying, and you guys could agree with that. He's like, no, nah, we all think that we're the best and we're champions. Yeah. So we never look at it like, ah, you know, I lost to the champion. He's like, it's a cool argument for you to have when you defend me. Right. Like I am now. But he's like, for the most yeah. part, it's not how we think. But yeah. I really think O'Malley. I do the up. same thing with Jake, by the way. Yeah. I'm like, Lawler beat him, became the champ. You know, yeah. Rory is arguably a champ, whatever, Bellator, whatever. Right, right, you know, right, right. I mean, the people that he lost to are. Yeah, you got to defend your boy. They're top tier. You got to defend your boy. Yeah. So you're on O'Malley. I'm on O'Malley. All right. I'm on Jan. This will be, this will be fun. Uh, this fight coming up, Darius and Gamrot. Yeah. So this is tough. This is super tough. I'm so curious what you're going to say. And this fight, I think we're going to be more into than like your casuals. I agree. But I think both of these guys are going to leave with more fans than they did coming in. I agree. Yeah. So you want me to go? Yeah. yeah All right. So tough one. I think this is also another case of who's fought better competition, which I think is Very Darius. Fair. Right? Yeah. Um, and Darius is another one of those guys. So also, you know, backstory, I'm really tight with Giga. Giga and Darius are best friends. Oh, okay. uh, They're both Kings MMA, which is where Jake used to be. So gotcha. I'm, a, I'm a Kings guy. Uh, so there is that component too. So that's the other thing is like, do you ever have to ask yourself, like, am I talking out of my heart or am I really coming from my head? Do you ever have those moments when you're betting? Like, oh, is yeah. this my heart talking or is this my head? So I've told, <clears throat> I've told uh, a lot of people that ask me, like with Jared fights. Yeah. I'm like, listen, you know who I'm going to side with, but I'm going to give you my how I would break down this fight if I didn't know him. Okay. And I would, like, his last fight against Leon, uh, Santos. We're worried about that first round with Santos. Yeah. he's historically a guy, like, all his wins are in the first round. We're like, if, if Jared could weather the storm in the first round, I think he cruises to a win. Played out exactly like that. Yep. He actually won the first round against yep. Santos. So it's like, that's how I approach it. I bet Jared, by the way, that day. Yeah. That, that yeah, he was yeah. a big favorite. We, yeah. felt, we felt comfortable. Yeah. But we did sprinkle a little hedge yeah, in the yeah. first round because we're like, look, it's like you said, it's on the bias table. aside, yeah. we, we got we to gotta play it right. Yeah. Uh, now I, I just signed up to Syndicate. I've been going there. Really? Yeah. And it's cool. And it's also like I, uh, I met a bunch of fighters over there too. And it's like, you know what? I don't want like one of these videos to go viral. And I'm yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. And they're like, right. yeah, yo, come here. Come yeah. home with us. It's yeah. Like, Fuck, man. Why'd yeah. you hear that? You got to be careful. Said, but yeah, I try. No, nah, I try my best. I tell people when they ask me, I'm like, look, I'm going to tell you my homer pick, which you know, if you're right. asking me this, but I'm going to break it down to you the way I would when I break down any fight where I don't have a dog in the race. Yeah. And it's not even a matter of like whoever we pick. We know, en we know enough. It's not disrespectful to the other guy. It's not meant as disrespect or like the other guy, right. anyone can win on any given day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it goes back to who you're going to bet on. Right. Right. So, uh, Darius is kind of the same thing with me with, as I was saying with Oliveira and DC, like I, there was a time when I, even knowing Giga, like I would bet against Darius. Cause I was like, I, I didn't, I didn't see it, mm -hmm. but I think he's gotten so much better. Like if there was a, I don't mean this as a knock, but like if there was a most improved award over the last four years, it's Darius. Yeah. That guy gets better and better every single time he steps in there. He's got cardio for days. He's relentless. He's got a good jab. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he, he's just, he, he doesn't it, put himself in danger. Too. He doesn't put himself in danger. He puts it together. Yeah. He just puts it all together. He's a smart, smart guy. Fight smart. Um, and I got him. I'm picking him. Interesting. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised. Like, this one's scary. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. so if I was going to, so I'm going to do one, to be honest, I'm going to do one parley with him on and everyone else we talked about. And I'm also going to do one the other way. Yeah. Gamrod, I think, is a sleeper in 155. He's tough. He's tough. Great gas tank. Yeah. That fight that he had against Sarukian on fight night, it's the only non-pay-per-view fight I've ever rewatched multiple times. Really? Yeah, because one of my buddies who's a big fan, my friend boss that I was telling you about yeah. before, he ended up like, we went out that day day drinking 
And he like passed out. He's like, yo, I never watched the fight. I know who won. I'm not going to watch it. I'm like, dude, if you ever want to feel out of shape. Yeah. If you ever want to feel like a piece of shit, watch that fight and watch these guys with three minutes left after a war. It's crazy. In the fifth round. They look like the fight just started. Both yeah. of them. Yeah. And both of them, I think, are very interesting. And Gamrot, this is, a, I think, a big fight it's for him. It's a big fight for him. It's a very big fight for him. But also for Darius, because Darius yeah. has been the guy who… He wants a belt. Yeah, he wants a title shot. Yeah. So I'm leaning towards… This is the fight that I'm having the most trouble with. Me too. I think this line is wrong. I think this one should be closer to a pick em. I agree with that. So that's why going with Darius that's for the why. odds. That's why. I mean, Darius, I want to say, has had multiple, his last few fights, performance bonuses too. Yeah. He's Rio, had, I yeah. mean, yeah, I, I just, to me, it's the values there. So take it. But wouldn't be surprised and wouldn't say, tell anyone that's a bad pick to go the other way for sure. Like, it's, to me, it's a coin toss. The last fight on the main card, well, this is the, this is going to be the opener. They yeah. moved They moved Brady and Muhammad. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's weird because I know they've done this in the past, especially like in the East Coast. What they would do is, you know, they'd have that feature prelim to lead into the pay-per-view. Right. Maybe and, hooks them also, gets more sales. Right. And yeah. also like they would put that on ABC. Right. And it was like a primetime slot. It'd be at 9 o'clock, 9.30. Right. So it would make sense. Moving Bilal and Brady to the prelims, it made no sense because of the time here. Right. You know, like that fight's going to be on at 10.30 in the morning. You're not really leading right. anyone into it. It may be just after his last fight, uh, you know, not throwing shade, but he can be kind of boring, Bilal, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's not. Well, again, like, is it boring or is it not putting yourself in danger? Yeah, sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But may, they may look at it, you know, the the matchmakers and, you know, the, the marketing team may look at it like, eh, let's, let's. Let's just move him to the yeah. prelims. I don't know. It could be. I don't it know. Could be. That's that. Like that was a fight. I was. I'm definitely excited for. Yeah. I, who do you have? I don't. I don't know who I want in that one. So this one is. Uh, this Bilal one is, is good. Bilal is very good. He doesn't put himself in danger, like we were saying. Right. Brady, I've been watching since like his fifth professional yeah. fight because he fought at CFFC. Dude, I met him one time after a fight, and like I shook his hand and gave him like a bro hug. <laughs> This is like what yeah. he felt like. Yeah. And he has that crazy devil eye tattoo yeah, on his yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy is a shit brick house. Yeah. That guy is yeah. massive. And I think the way I'm looking at this, I think it's a three-round fight. Yep. Like, I think it goes the distance. The only guy that I think can get a finish is Brady. Yep. Because he's a amazing jujitsu guy. He, uh, he did a flow grappling competition against Craig Jones, who's known as, like, one of the best BJJ guys in the world. But also, like… Though anytime you have those competitions where it's like a UFC guy or girl are fighting like a top jiu-jitsu guy, they eliminate leg locks from them. Yeah. Because leg locks suck. Ugh. I hate leg locks. Even when you're drilling and like my coaches show me like the leg lock, yeah. like you're already feeling your ligaments just tense up a little bit. Yeah. You're like, yo, if this guy just like… Yeah. I start wincing when anyone starts to go for like a heel hook or something. I, I, I start wincing. Like I can't even watch it. I don't even want to see if they get it. Dude, I… It just uh, looks brutal. First class, I joined Syndicate. And yeah. uh, shout out to the Shapiro brothers. They're, they're dope. They've welcomed me with open arms. And we're going there. And they're like, oh, it's leg lock month. And they drill leg locks for oh like my 45 God. minutes. I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Everything is leg locks. So I'm like, Jesus Christ. Just leg lock, leg lock. That shit is not fun. No. It's vicious. Like, you're out. I asked one of my coaches, like, yeah, what happens if I turn the other way? He's like, you won't walk for 12 months. I was yeah. like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely making a note yeah, of that. And it doesn't but, take much pressure. Yeah. And and the reason why I bring all this stuff up is because Craig Jones is an all-world jujitsu guy. Whenever they fight UFC people, they eliminate leg locks. But like, you know, you could grapple and whatnot. And Sean Brady ended up beating him. But it was also because, like, Craig Jones, a big part of his game is the leg lock stuff. And that's, like, revolutionized jujitsu. That's for a different conversation. But I think, I think Brady could get a submission. Okay. That's probably a prop that I'm definitely going to look at, but I think it's a decision win either way. I'm, I'm going to follow you then because I, I, was, I, was, uh, I didn't really have a, have a thought on that one. I, was, I wasn't sure where I was going to go. Yeah, he hunts, he hunts for submissions. He doesn't like his, his stand-up isn't his strength. Yeah. On the ground, you don't want to play games with him there. Yeah. On the ground, he is a savage. Do you also remind yourself sometimes that you don't have to bet on a fight? Just I mean, it's a, yeah, but like that's not fun. Right. I always You're get, such a you are dude, a true degen. I love listen, it. There's not a fight that I don't have a little action in. 
Every single fight. Every single one. Starting from the first prelim. Yeah. And, but obviously, like, the amount that I'm betting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I'm also, like, a 25 to $100 better. Yeah, I better. saw. I noticed. When you, you, know, it's, you, it's, you play small ball. Yeah. And it adds up. It adds up. Yeah. Like, I just do it because I give out picks. I talk on the podcast about picks. So right. I want to have something. And it doesn't hurt it. too bad. I do it things go fully sour. recreationally. Right. You know, and and whenever I do win, I buy myself sneakers. That's like my guilty like pleasure. It. You know, it's like a way to look Old at it. Old school like, pumps, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, sweet. So, uh, I just a little bit, you know, twenty dollars, ten dollars. Yeah, nothing crazy. Just to have something interesting. But I go into cards. I'm like, I'm only betting five fights, and then before you know, it, it's like all fifteen yeah. fights have action. Now, do you ever do this? I'm the king of, and I've learned also, if I have a parlay. And I have someone on the prelims or sometimes multiple fights on the prelims. I inevitably, the first fight on the prelims for my parlay, will, I will lose every time. <laughs> and then I end up in my car racing up to Red Rock Casino to do the exact same ticket for the remaining. So now I've learned my lesson. I do a main card parlay and then I do a, a prelim with main also because I can't stand being dead in a parlay out of the first or second leg. I yeah. think it drives me nuts. Yeah. Well, I'm a little, I'm a little different, man, because I, uh, I try to do a parlay for whatever fights I like, whether okay. it's the first fight and then the feature prelim and then the main event. If those right. are the fights that I like, that's what I'm going to parlay. Okay. Because then at that point, I just feel better instead of chasing it. You know, like, Do you bet in the casino or do you use an app? I'm on the apps. I refuse to do the apps. Really? Because I know me. I'll be broke. Oh, I yeah. I can't. I don't have the, I don't have the, I, I need to force myself to come here, make a bet. I'll, I'll, I'll one-up you right now. Yeah. I call my mom back home. Oh, my God. To Seriously? To access my accounts back home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because to bet like uh, on, on DraftKings or FanDuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, my God. That's like, classic. You, you don't have it here. So I love it. I had a, I had a parlay. <laughs> she knows here. how to do it? No, she does not. You walk her through it. I send her screen recordings of me doing it, and then I send it, and she still, like, messes them up. And then she'll call me. She's like, why are you making me do this shit? How much am I putting on this? I asked her when I was here in March. <laughs> I, did a, I did a parlay. This, this will never happen again, and I'll show you screenshots. Yeah. I've talked about this. John, on everything, I hit every single UFC bet me and my buddy put on. We hit two nine-leg parlays, yeah. two six-leg parlays. Every straight bet, every prop, we hit them all. And we're walking out of T-Mobile and I have the tickets in my bomber jacket and, and like we're hammered because we've been drinking for eight hours. I just turned to them at one point, I put my arm around them. I'm like, dude, we have like $18,000 on this. Amazing. And I was like, whatever you do, if you see me reach for the zipper here, punch me in the face. I Don't love let it. me open it up. I love it. And I call my mom because I had like, like four parlays tied to Covington. Yeah. So I call my mom back home. Mind you, it's 1230 at night. I'm like, look, I need you to go into my account. I need you to put $800 on Masvidal. She's like, what am I doing? No way. We have rent. We have all this shit. I was like, Ma, for me to say this to you, there's a reason. Right. That's the only time I'll hedge. And the only reason why I did that, I was like, because this is a lot of money. Sure. Tied to Covington. Yeah. Like, that's another thing I usually never do. I don't know how it slipped my mind. I got super lucky. But tying, like, five or six parlays to the same person. I do it all the time. And I, for somehow, I know I don't want to do it. And I miss it. And yeah. I don't realize it till it's too late sometimes. Because you know what happens, right? It's the, it's the fight or the game you feel the most confident in. Right. And then that's the one that blows right. up in your face. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right before the pandemic, uh, that last card, March 7th of yeah. 2020. Adesanya Romero. Right, right, right. I went seven for seven, cashed that. I had a seven for seven and a six for six, cashed both of those, won like 13 grand or something like that, $100 in each one. And then I went 10 for 10 on a card, but Green Valley Ranch only lets you do eight max. Um, wow. And I did it for $10. I always do parlays $100. Always. Always $100. I did it for $10 and I even made a joke at the window. And I go, you should follow this ticket because it's guaranteed to hit. <laughs> 10 Because I only put 10 bucks on it and paid 300 to one. Damn. $10 on it. Normally I have $100 on it. So mad. That it's happens. still 3K, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that happens 30K. all the time, man. That happens all the time. Like, uh, I'm like, you know what, man? I don't feel that confident about this one. I'll just throw 50 bucks. And then it ends up yeah. hitting and then you're like, fucking yeah. ass. Or the saver bet. You ever yeah. do the saver bet? Yeah, the saver yeah, bet yeah, wins? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you do horse racing too or no? Nope. 
I have trouble betting on humans. You want me to bet on animals? I ain't doing that shit, bro. <laughs> I'm good on that. All right. I'm good on that. You into horses? I love my horses. I can tell yeah. by that smile on your face. You're like, <laughs> like I love my horses. horses. I was going to say, you said, I know we probably have to wrap up, but um, you said UFC is the most exciting sport, and I agree, or yeah. just MMA in general, right? Mm -hmm. um, but really, the way the UFC does it, it's, it's the best. Have you been to a horse racing? No, but I have a feeling I know what you're going to tell me about them turning the last. It's the best. Yeah, Kentucky Derby. I'm trying to get uh, a big group to go to commit to going to Kentucky Derby next year. You want to wear like the funky outfits? I don't care about the. I've been to Derby seven times. I'm not a big funky outfit mm -hmm. guy, but it's a lot of fun, man. Or at least at the very least, opening day of Del Mar in San Diego is amazing. Mm. Yeah, we should go. I never, uh, I never, I never looked into like horses. Belmont yeah. is like ten minutes away from my house back in back in Long Island. Yeah. But I never, I never understood it. But then again, you look at the Kentucky Derby, there's 200,000 people there. It's like, all right, these so guys, good. and it's like, yeah, everyone's loaded there too. So they're not loaded. idiots. Yeah, yeah. They're not idiots. Yeah. John, this was awesome, Yeah, this man. is great, man. I could, Thank I could, you so much. I mean, I could talk to you for hours. Yeah. I'm well, hoping to come on your show for dude, sure. let's do it next week or week yeah. after, whatever you want. Yeah, we'll yeah. We'll figure it out. Let's do it. Tell the people where they can find you, your social media and all that. And I'll also have it in the episode. To make yeah, it easier. it's Action Junkies and Junkies is J-U-N-K-E-E-Z. And that's only because uh, spelled properly was too much money for the dot com. And they wanted 18 grand and I didn't have that. So uh, I had to get creative. So Action Junkies podcast on IG. And uh, we're available on Spotify and Apple and all that stuff. Check it out. Roll call for the Patreon. Nick, Thomas, Mike, Devin, Jordan, Derek, Christopher, Ben, and Nick Chavez. Thank you for your contributions to the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum. You'll be able to get the Friday episode early in advance. Another two episodes coming out this week. And... Uh, yeah, it's kind of foul that in the fantasy league I did with the members of the Patreon, I'm getting my ass whooped. So always remember, it's always your own that end up getting you. We'll catch you guys later this week.